Hey, how's it going? It's Tony and Mike's new adventure. And uh, well, after a week off, we're back, ready to roll, uh, broadcasting uh, from a big snowstorm. I don't know what you're getting there, but we got hit uh, pretty good. I don't think we got as hit. We got hit as hard as they said it was going to be, at least in this area, in the Stanford Norwalk area. But it, it was enough. It, it, it was enough. Uh, snow coming down pretty good. And uh, I always remember what a certain meteorologist used to say. When you have a couple of mild winters, you're not getting away with it. Mother Nature will even itself out. And Mother Nature certainly is evening it out uh, this year. That's for sure. Yeah. And we're, we're getting like the weekly storms. You know, it's like one, one a week where we get it. Actually, this whole last week, it's been like every other day we've had yeah. some sort of snow. Well, look um, at the bright side. We're not in Texas. No, Oof. but it's supposed to be 70 next week in Texas. So, I mean, but have you seen some of those pictures? I know. It's unbelievable. But unbelievable. see, this is this is the case. You know, when you, when you grow up in certain areas or you live in certain areas, it's not necessarily how you handle the snow when it comes to driving. It's how states and municipalities handle the snow. And, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago and, you know, they know what to do with a snowstorm. They know how to handle snowstorms out there. You go to Texas, you go to North Carolina, you go to states like this, they're not equipped. I mean, they're not equipped. They have to, they have like two plows for the state and they're taking dump trucks and putting, you know, things on the front of them to try and move snow. It just, they're not equipped to do those types of things. So you feel bad, especially for people that, you know, had their, the, the power went out and they, you've seen the pictures of like ceiling fans with like ice hanging from the ceiling fans and the issues that are having you, you feel bad because yeah, we got hit with snowstorms this morning, but you know, it's 72 and comfortable in here while we're looking out at the snow that's being right. plowed. Yeah. But it just boils down. They just don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. And people waiting in line at grocery stores, for food, uh, for for cases of water, uh, trying to trying to get through the whole thing. And uh, one guy, he owns a big furniture store. I don't know exactly where in Texas, but he owns a big furniture store. And he bit the bullet and just said, "Screw it." He opened it up and he said, "Hey, I've got heat. If you want to sleep here." bring it on. Nice. And a lot of people took advantage of that, you know, uh, but uh, uh, like you said, 70 degree weather, hopefully uh, they'll get their acting gear and uh, this will all be behind them soon. I hope so. Anyway, we, we kind of see this a lot, don't we? Like the, the worst of times bring out the best in people Yeah, and the best of times bring out the worst in people. You know, I mean, like the people who would try to scam because of, you know, good things that were going on. And then you have this where, somebody's willing to step up, sacrifice their business. I mean, I don't even, I would assume they can clean all the furniture and end up selling it, but it's not brand new furniture anymore at a store that a bunch of people are sleeping on and lounging on. But, you know, he realizes that love thy neighbor, help out the, the person next door. But yeah, no, we got hit with, I don't know what it ended up being. I don't, it's only a few inches of snow. It was just the timing of it was, was bad because it was during the, the morning commute it forced all the schools to do either, you know, no school or they had to do the distance learning. McKenna's doing the distance learning today. Uh, so, you know, they had to do that. But but for me, I, I went in normal time and I was only able to, you know, deliver stuff to a couple of stores. That's it. And then it just got got nasty. And I just I just don't feel comfortable driving that truck in the snow. 
You know, I mean, I have a small uh, Toyota Corolla car. I, I don't necessarily feel very comfortable with that, but at least that's front wheel drive where these trucks are rear wheel drive and, you know, they spin all over the place uh, while you're driving. So I got in early this morning, so I've just been sitting around lounging around waiting to do the show, Tony. There you go. Now, last week we didn't do the show. And uh, the reason why we didn't do the show was, you know, I, I thought I was being helpful around the house and about, I don't know, a half hour, maybe 20 minutes before we started the show, I decided, well, let me do a load of laundry, which is right around the corner here in the condo. So started the laundry. Mike buzzed in. I said, okay, let's do it. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So I, I stopped the washing machine, but I did it by lifting the lid and you lift the lid and it, it stops. stops. Yeah. Okay. But while the lid was up, we were doing the show and it started to go through some of the cycles, but it was making what I thought was a weird noise. It's probably draining. I don't know what the heck it was, but I got really nervous. And I'm going to tell you why I got really nervous because if by some chance I had broken the washing machine, my wife would have gotten my head and put it in to the washing machine and kept going like this with the lid. Okay. I, I thought, you know, because my wife, you talk to her and she will tell you, and I'll tell you too, my wife will say anything my husband touches turns to crap. And that, that's the way, and it's just beaten into me that, you know, I'm going to break it. So I got panicky and, you know, luckily we were okay. Everything was okay, but I got a little panicky last week. And yeah, because we were mind. recording. We, we were rolling yeah. in the show. It was going, and all of a sudden, Tony's like, hold on one second. It was the middle of the show. So I thought, yeah. okay, we'll just, you know, tap dance like we would used to do on the radio when, when Tony had to go use the facilities in the middle of a segment, and I'd, had, I'd have to do like a 15-minute newscast because he's going, because he had chili the night before. So then, so that so that's going on, and all of a sudden he came back and you were, you were very distraught. Well, yeah. I could tell you had your, you enlisted your son and you were talking to him about it. And then you came back and you're like, Mike, we, we have to stop. And I'm thinking to myself, what do we have to stop for? And he said, I, I might've broken the washing machine. I might've, and, and that, that can't happen right now. That can't happen right now. So it was like serious. And then usually what happens after an instance like this is I'll get a text later Hey, listen, I'm sorry. Is there a chance that we could record maybe tomorrow? This kind of thing. Hold on. I, I, I have my answer to when you drink water. Now I have. There you go. What is that? Prune juice? <laughs> no. It's just <laughs> crystal light garbage or something. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but there was nothing. You didn't text at all. You like took a whole week off of texting. And I don't know if this was planned by you like if you thought well this is the time where i'm gonna make him miss me i'm gonna make him care about me and all that type of stuff but i really started to get concerned and then when i texted you this morning and said hey we're we gonna do this thing you know i was just i was i hadn't heard from you all week so i didn't know did you get shoved into the washing machine did your wife you know execute you uh did i not hear about this i tried to look up I've crimes very, of passion in connecticut I, <laughs> nothing came up i've been very close to execution many <laughs> times 
many times, but luckily that that turned out okay. So okay, good. there you go. And I didn't even, you're right. Now that you mention it, I didn't even text you all week. Like usually I would text Mike something stupid, like, I don't know, Derek Jeter with a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. I get a couple of those. And I, I, I didn't do any of that. You're right. I'll make up for it today. Oh, I'm sure while. not just today, but tomorrow, the following day, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, things happen, folks. I mean, you know, we don't have uh, maids and butlers and all these things. I mean, Tony has to do his own laundry. I have to do my own laundry. Can you imagine? Could you imagine you you and I living together? Oh, it would be uh, Oscar Madison and Oscar Madison. No. Like, do you care at all about like cleaning up or do you just do that? to create a civil union in the house. Yeah, to keep things civil, yes. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a big difference. I'm, I'm sloppy, but I'm not dirty. Does, does that make sense? Explain. Well, sloppy would be... Uh, like you'll blow your nose in a napkin and just throw it on the couch. No, I can't do that. That's you dirty. flick your toenails, I, though, at your wife. That's <laughs> See, to me... I. Where does slop come in and but dirty? dirty. That to me seems pretty dirty. Yeah, but sloppy is uh, going to bed at night, taking off all your clothes, throwing them on the floor and and just getting into bed. And then the next morning you get up and kind of kick those clothes away and you you start your day. And then maybe three or four days later, let me pick up these clothes and, and put them away. Or, or put okay, it so the, that's in sloppy. Camera. That's that that's, in your to me. That's sloppy. Okay. Dirty to me is first of all, you got to shower every day, of course, but also uh, things even like Sundays, uh, even Sunday, even Sundays, Mike. <laughs> all right. Dirty is not doing the dishes for a week. Um, dirty is. I remember. I remember a time where I went into Jake's room, my son, Jake went into his room to straighten up a little bit. And I opened the shower curtain and there was two pizza boxes, empty pizza boxes in the, you know, and I was like, are you kidding? This is how we get rodents. Oh, I only did that a couple of times. Oh, well, as long as it's a couple of times (laughs) now to me, that's, that's dirty. I said, don't, you know, don't do that again. You know? Okay. All right. But that's, so that's, that's the difference. Okay. That's the difference. Okay. So, I just, yeah. just wanted to know. I, I didn't know what kind of a household you and I would, you and I would lead, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you see be, between my wife and me, it's hard because she is a clean neat freak. Yeah. Okay. And if you watch my wife during the course of the day, like this bottle here, it's over here and she'll put it over here. You know, it, you can't see it, but I mean, it's like, it's like a little OCD. Does she have a little OCD? Yes, which okay. she has. And all of her aunts, God bless them, they're all 95 years old. They all have that too. They all have that OCD thing. And just so everybody knows who's watching, he's already warned his wife to be quiet on the phone in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's her being quiet on the phone. I'll the take bedroom. it. I'll take it at this point. So anyway. Uh, what do you got? Uh, well, a couple of things that, that we missed uh, last week. I, I was sorry to see that uh, Christopher Plummer, passed away, best known as uh, Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. He was 91 years old, 
And, you know, if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and you said, name one other film with Christopher Plummer, other than The Sound of Music, you'd have to pull the trigger. Well, what okay. about what about the one he won the Academy Award for? I have no idea. What, what yeah, did he win the Academy Award I don't remember what for? it was either. It, <laughs> yeah, but let me see. He was nominated for three Best Supporting Actor Oscars. Uh, and they all came in the last 15 years. You got to remember now, this guy had a career that lasted 70 years, at least. Um, but uh, um, he will always have a special place because of of the sound of music, the sound of music, of course, a classic. It comes back every single year. You see it on TV. Um, and like I said, I, I think I was telling you uh, when I was a kid, uh, we had to go to my grandmother's house every Sunday for dinner. And at the end of it, there were 17 cousins that were all in the house and they had to find something to keep these kids busy because they were driving everybody crazy. So we went to see the sound of music I bet you we went to see it eight times mm. in, in, in two months because it, it was at the State Theater in Springdale for, for like two or three months yeah. running over and over and over again. And it's it's one of those films that, for me anyway, it brings you back to that that time. You know. Well, my understanding was is he, he never really thought much of his role or the movie, right? Didn't he? he? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's the funny thing. The crazy thing is he, he really didn't. Uh, care too much for the film, didn't care too much for the role, but uh, you know he's like he was like a Shakespearean yeah. actor. You know, didn't they and, do like and, a doc? Did, I know they did it for a live, and Carrie Underwood was the role of Julie Andrews, right? Right. Um, but didn't they do like a documentary on it? It was during the anniversary of it, and I know that Julie the... Andrews sat down with Christopher Plummer, and they did an interview, and he he yes. sort of addressed. Yes, that issue about it and said that over the years, he's softened about it and felt differently about it than what he did for a long time. So, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and he ironically uh, in the film, he sang one of the greatest tunes, yeah. in my opinion. Anyway, there's a, there was a song called Edelweiss that he sang written by Rodgers and Hammerstein. But everybody thought for the longest time that it was an old Aust Austrian folk song. But, but it wasn't. They gave it to him to sing. And uh, uh, it's one of the greatest tunes of all time. I know you think I'm a Nancy boy, but uh, uh, that song can bring you to tears. It's, it's, it's a great tune. Yeah. So that's a good movie. Oh, it's, it's a, a, movie. It's a great really. movie. It is. It really, really is. And no matter where you are, uh, if you're flicking through the channels and it's already been on for an hour and 45 minutes, you still sit there yeah. and watch it. Well, they space, they it space the iconic songs very well yeah. through it. So it's yeah. like, oh no, that's coming up. No, that one's coming. Oh, they already did that yeah. one, but that one's coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it was cool, but he's, he's, he's going to be missed. He, he really, really is, you know, and, and he's a, a Connecticut guy, right? Wasn't he living in, he was living in Connecticut he wasn't he? for a little while. Yeah. And he's a great pianist. He was a great pianist. You know, I, I actually walked past him in oh, really? the WICC studios. Really? He, he was, he was, he was coming in, I think, in the afternoon to do an interview, and I didn't have enough, you know, courage to to introduce myself or anything like that. Um, in fact, I I wanted him to, you know, want to meet me, but you know, he had he never didn't even know who I was. I was the plumber, you know. He was Christopher Plumber, but I was the plumber in the in the building. But he, um, yeah, no, he was standing like in the same room as me, and I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, 
what other movies have you been in besides? <laughs> well, I don't think he had won the Academy Award then uh, at that point. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's you're right. He'll be missed. I mean, it was one of the more recognizable faces as a young man and when he was older as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. So he'll he'll be missed, and his contribution can't be ignored. You know, you'll always come back come back to him, and he'll live forever because of that movie. Yes. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's the way that that rolls. Yep. I'm, I'm going to take a sip of water. Oh, okay. Well, here, let me take it. Okay. Ooh, that was good. All right. So we just had some snow this morning, right? Do you even bother attempting to drive in the snow anymore? No. Okay. See, you and I had to for our job. A lot of the times they would put us in a hotel in Bridgeport and we would stay there overnight. And one year, gosh, it was probably about 10 years ago, um, we had those consecutive, like, a foot of snow every week. So you and I were down at the hotel for, it seemed like two or three days in a row. And then about every week we were there. But I still have to drive in the snow. I don't like it. There's nothing I like about it. I don't like going into intersections in the snow because you slide through them. And I, I certainly don't like being that guy who's trying to go up a hill while everybody's behind you. And of course they all have the four wheel drive and they're good to go. And you're sitting there spinning your wheels, trying to get, get up there. But a new survey just went out saying 73% of Americans, 73% are scared to drive in snow and ice, especially in the South, as we said, but they just had that storm down in Texas. People in the Northeast, us, are the most likely to say they hate driving in the snow, followed by people in the South. Both were just slightly higher than the average. Women and young people are more likely to say it's intimidating. Well, guys don't admit that stuff, but it is intimidating to guys. 23% uh, of women say they're not confident at all compared to just 8% of men. I feel that men are overconfident when it comes to driving in the snow. That's the problem. They don't think it's going to happen to them. And then they're the ones that are in the media. Over half of us have gotten a car stuck in the snow before. Have you ever had a, have you ever gotten stuck in the snow? No, I, I've, no, I, I've never done that. Where, where you had to abandon the car or you had to leave the car. That yeah, happened to me on. right outside the studio. Remember I that? remember that. I remember that. Yeah, See, sure. you have to understand something that there was, the, I forget what it was. That was like a, that was a two footer, right? Right. Three feet. Recall, no, that was three feet. If you recall, uh, the city didn't do a very good job of. No, that was one of their the streets. Poor. Well, and they got they got crucified. Bridgeport sure. got crucified because their plow drivers couldn't get in. Like they couldn't get the people in to get the trucks to plow people out. That was the big. That was the big snafu with that. But yeah, we we all lived in different areas. I don't know of anybody who actually lived in Bridgeport that worked at the radio station at that time. So Tony couldn't get in. I was the only one that could actually get out of my house and get into the studio. So I'm driving from Waterbury down to Bridgeport and I got all the way, no problems, got down my road, down, um, you know, the parkway went all the way down to Bridgeport, got off the exit, came up to the studio, was driving on the road to the studio and I got stuck right into the entrance of the radio station. So I got all the way right there. I got stuck. There was too much snow under the car and it kind of lifted 
the car a little bit. I had a Toyota Camry at the time and kind of lifted. And I'm thinking it's in the middle of the road, Tony, but the whole city is dead. I mean, nobody's moving around. I just left the car. I left the car and I went in and I started doing the show and I'm on the air. Mayor, if you're, if you're listening, you know, don't tow that car that's sitting. I mean, I'm just actively talking about this on the air, you know, I'm, and then I'm calling Elaine, who is the handler of the city. And, you know, they're telling me, I even talked to the mayor and he's like, yeah, we'll get somebody over there. Nobody came over. Finally, when I was done with the show, there was a guy that was towing people and I had him just kind of hook something onto my trunk and just pulled the car a little bit so I could get it loose. But that was the only time I ever got stuck in the snow, well, if I remember. If you recall, that was a Sunday morning and yeah. I had to be there for nine o'clock for the Italian house party. And my wife and I know, remember it snowed on a Friday night and it snowed bad. Yeah. But then you had all day Saturday. So I'm figuring, hold on one second. Yeah. Oh. I'm figuring all day Saturday, it, it, it should be okay. Sunday came, we got in the car and it was fine. We got on uh, I-95 and we were driving and it was Stanford, Darien, Norwalk, right around Fairfield, it was like you were in a different time zone or something. And the closer we got to Bridgeport, the worse that it got. I tried to get into to where we were broadcasting at the time there on Fairfield Avenue. I tried all different ways to get in. I couldn't get in. Yeah. I couldn't get in. And, and at the end of it, it was just like, this is futile. Like, you know, it, it, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. It really, yeah. really was. But I, I, I think, and then I think you lesson. called me and said, you can't get in. And I'm like, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. And like I said, I, I was able to get in and then get into Bridgeport, but then yeah, but you were started. already in for some reason you had already been, you were already there. You were in the building at the time. You had gotten there early, early in the morning or early on Sunday. Early. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. Did I do the Italian house party? I don't know what you did that day. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened. Like, could you but imagine you, me doing the Italian house party? But I remember. I remember calling you. I'm saying I can't get in, and now you know me. I'm panicking because I think I put you on the air. Mm -hmm. I think I put you on the air. Yeah, you probably did. If if uh, you know, hmm. but, uh, I, don't, I don't know why. I, Maybe I was I was the only one that could get in. Nobody else could get in. Nobody else could get in. It, it, uh, Storm and Norman on Weeby was able somehow to do breaks for Weeby in in his home studio at home. Yeah, and and put it into the computer. Uh, and I think even board. Mike, who was on Weeby in the afternoon, he was, he was stuck on, at the I, hotel. He was at the hotel. <laughs> he couldn't and get there. He couldn't get. He was late. The only thing that helped him was that at one point a payloader went by and he just kind of like walked. Yeah, behind it. Easily, you know, as easy as he could where the payloader was. Yeah. It, it was something else. It really, really was. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, well, luckily uh, this storm wasn't like that. That, that no. was at least three feet, uh, that one. That one crippled the state for, for certainly a while. Uh, the top things we do when the roads feel dangerous, slow down, turn down our music to focus. And one in four said that they start praying. They start what? They start praying oh, okay. while they're driving. 
or you could do what I do. You start crying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've been in, I've been in, I, I've driven, you know, in Illinois, it's so flat and you have that, the drifting of snow is so much in Illinois. I remember driving behind a plow. I mean, the plow had to be about 10 car lengths ahead of me. And by the time I got to the spot where the plow had been, there was already two or three inches of snow just in that space. I mean, it was, and it, the, the snow was uh, just clinging to my windshield wipers to where one, one of them broke that was going and all of a sudden it just snapped off. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. And this is farm country. I mean, who's going to find me there? Nobody. So no, you'd have to wait for the spring for, for yeah. fall. That's what you'd have to wait for, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, That's why whenever it snows, day before, I always go fill up the tank because you just yeah. never know. I mean, you're, if you get stuck in your car, you're you know, right. what's the worst? So you just sit, keep the car running, and you're right. Listen you're right. to some tunes. You know, you've got to be prepared somehow, you know. Well, yeah. with all that snow talk, let's talk spring training for Major League Baseball. That's I'm ready. Is it started or it's starting? I think pitchers and catchers already started. Yeah, pitchers and catchers are there. I think the schedule, I think, starts either next week. Could be. Um, But uh, they did odds makers have odds. Uh, The team with the best chances to win the World Series this year is the L.A. Dodgers. Okay. In fact, their odds are at 96.7%. That's pretty high. Followed by the San Diego Padres, who made quite a few additions to their ball club, 92.9%. Your New York Yankees, 91.6. And then the Mets actually have the fourth best odds to uh, win the World Series at 81.2%. That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. But They I think, made some additions as well. Uh, my White Sox, I think, are at like 60% chance to win the World Series. But there is actually a team that has 0% chance of winning the World Series. Who's that? Guess. Who do you think it would be? Uh, I, the Florida Marlins. No, they're in the division with the Yankees. Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Orioles have a zero yeah. percent chance of winning the World Series. I don't know about you, but I'm to, I'm putting twenty bucks on the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, imagine the payoff on that zero percent chance. Sure. There's zero percent. Colorado is 0.1 percent. Pittsburgh is 0.4. Miami is 0.7, and the Texas Rangers 0.8 percent chance of winning the world series so there you go if you're a betting man put 20 bucks on the orioles to win the world hey, series hey if if, uh, if it's in the cards you can make some big money that's true that's true all right what else you got you got anything uh we, well the rock and roll uh, hall of fame they announced uh, their nominees for for this year uh see what you think uh rage against the machine I know you're not a fan, but okay. Yeah, all right. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh, Jay-Z. This is where you you and I get into this argument every time. Mary J. Blige. All right. Tina Turner. How she's not in already, I don't know. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, The New York Dolls. Devo. Carol King, I can't believe she's not in, and uh, LL Cool J. Those are your nominees. We, we go through this every time. It's not rock and roll. What? What do you have to do now? First of all, artists become eligible for induction 25 years after the release of their first record. The criteria, 
include the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and, uh, I don't know, I can't pronounce this word, to rock and roll, okay? Then in the next line, they say it's a popularity contest. It's, it's whatever Rolling Stone magazine says. Jan Werner just puts in whatever they feel uh, should go in this particular year. The monkeys are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, then they need to do a movie like they did about uh, Queen, about the monkeys. Yes. Then they'll become relevant again, and they'll put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, they already did one on, they did a television movie, not the same, but they did do a television movie. I mean, I think the argument on the monkeys is that it was, everything's prefabricated. They, 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 they wanted actors for the television show. Right. And, and being able to play an instrument or sing on key, well, yeah, that would be nice too, but you got to be good looking and look the part. So. Yeah, but wasn't that really Davy Jones singing? Yeah, well, they, they sang and and uh, they eventually played instruments on, on some of the songs, but that, that wasn't part of the criteria uh, to, to be a monkey. They, they needed some, for example, uh, Stephen Stills auditioned. Okay, they said, no, he, he's, he, he's not going to cut it. We're not looking for musicians here. Right? They weren't looking They weren't just looking for good looking guys. Yeah, you know, uh, Mike Nesmith got through uh, because he he could play and, and he looked the part and he'd even written a, a hit song for Linda Ronstadt at that point, but they weren't looking for musicians or, or anybody particularly yeah. talented, you know, no, that's true. That's so, true. Um, so on go. my Facebook page this week, I, I, I've shared a, uh, somebody had put a series of pictures up of actors then and now. And what's in, what's really interesting about it is it's the actor way back when standing with the actor close to today, but they have them posing as if they are standing next to each other. There's one of Sylvester Stallone, literally probably has to be one of the Rocky movies to now, you know, they have Clint Eastwood, you know, the, the, the younger Clint Eastwood over the shoulder of the older Clint Eastwood. Um, Queen Elizabeth, even they have Queen Elizabeth standing next to a young Queen Elizabeth. I thought one of the, one of the most interesting ones to see was, oh, I can't even remember the guy's name, but the, the guy who plays uh, Harry Potter. Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Him, him now standing next to the young boy in the first Harry Potter movie, I think is, is really fascinating. Robert De Niro, Jack Nicholson, so De Niro. yeah, um, uh, Julie Ju Julia Roberts uh, is in there. It's it's very interesting. So if you get a chance to to see it on my Facebook page, go check it out. It's 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 worth looking at. Um, uh, just because it's it's pretty cool to see how they're posing with, but they're obviously not posing with one another. Or they took the actor today and put them in a position to where they were fitting with you know, a still shot of, of yeah. them before. But it's I saw cool. that. It, it, it's, it's a very cool thing to look at. Were, were yeah. there more pictures? Or those no, are those are the only ones that I saw. I didn't see, you and I kind of talked about, you know, other actors that you would like to see something like that with. Uh, I mean, even Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews would be interesting to see, you know, we're mentioning Sound of Music before, uh, then sure. or now. Or um, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke, Ed Asner, know. Betty White. Sure. Um, you said Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda would have been a good one. Um, 
you know, anybody. So, yeah. So, I mean, check it out on my Facebook page. It's, it's pretty cool. I saw this list. This was kind of interesting. These are actors who actually auditioned for one part of a specific movie, but ended up getting another part of the movie. So you okay. can kind of think to yourself, boy, how would it have been different if they were able to get there? Uh, Chadwick Boseman, who we lost last year, um, he actually auditioned for Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, but ended up getting the lead in Black Panther instead. Could you imagine if they went a different route and he wasn't sure. Black Panther? But that worked out. It worked out. It worked <laughs> out. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if you know who he is, but he originally auditioned for Thor. Now that, of course, went to Helmsworth. Um, he got the brother. He ended up getting the brother's role. Liam Hemsworth, who was in the uh, Hunger Game movies, he actually originally auditioned for PETA, who is kind of the, you know, the other gamesman in the Hunger Games, but ended up getting uh, Gale. Uh, this one's interesting. Kristen Bell. And Idina Menzel both auditioned to play Rapunzel in Tangled. I believe the cart, you know, obviously the cartoon that ended up going to Mandy Moore, I think, ended up being the voice of Rapunzel in Tangled. And then from their audition, they were casted as Anna and Elsa in Frozen, which that's obviously worked out yeah. uh, pretty well for both of them. And Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams each auditioned for each other's parts in Mean Girls. In Mean Girls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. I thought, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, that's... you know, you, you see the stories all the time of all the different people that audition for certain roles in movies. And you just think, how would that movie have been different if they ended up being chosen? Like what, wasn't it Sylvester Stallone that was supposed to be the Beverly Hills cop? Yeah, he, yeah, I think it was written for him. Yeah, they, they, yeah, and he he backed out. Yeah, and they I gave mean, it to Eddie Murphy. Uh, also, it, it, it's interesting in all of the uh, different documentaries that they've shown uh, about the Godfather. Uh, when when you see this particular documentary, they were showing screen tests of the different actors, and James Caan, who played Santino in the movie, he actually auditioned for Michael Corleone. Oh. That's the one that he went for. They turned him down, uh, but when it came time to cast uh, Sonny, uh, Francis Ford Coppola said, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold on a second, wait in my office. Maybe we can work something out. And uh, that's the way that that worked out. Mm. You know, so it, it, you know, you never really know, you know, uh, so. That's another one they could have had Al Pacino. They could have had Al Pacino then. then and now. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. When he talked, you need his, you need his oh, civil yeah. war. Let me have a splash. Oh. All right, you ready for a? It's good, isn't it? You ready for a yes or BS? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, yes or BS is a game like true or false. It's yes or BS though. Uh, Chris Farley would have turned fifty-seven this week. Did you know wow. that? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Chris Farley would have turned fifty-seven. So here's some statements about Chris Farley, and Tony, you tell me if it's yes or BS. Okay. His first film role was in the original Wayne's World movies. The original um, movie. I'm, I, I'd say yes, because all of those Saturday Night Live actors, it's, it's always connected. They always end up showing up in each other's movies. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it's true. He played a security guard at an Alice Cooper concert. 
He was also in Wayne's World 2 as a character named Milton. So he was okay. in two different, did both of them. Uh, number two, he wrote almost all of his own SNL skits. Um, yeah, that, that sounds plausible. Okay. That's BS, Tony. That is really BS. He didn't write any of them. He was just a brilliant performer. In fact, David Spade, his good friend and fellow actor, said he did try to write a skit called Puppy Lawyer, but it was terrible. <laughs> uh, his most famous character is motivational speaker, Matt Foley. Okay, right. we all know the skit where Christina Applegate and David Spade can't stay in character because they are laughing so hard at uh, Chris Farley do Matt Foley. But... That character is based on a real guy named Matt Foley. Is that yes or BS? That's yes. I read that someplace. I read that. Yeah, it's true. In fact, Chris Farley played rugby with Matt Foley. Okay. He eventually went on to become a priest. Ah. <laughs> so he channeled another power in his motivational speaking. Uh, number four, he only left SNL because he was fired. Yeah, I, I believe him and Adam Sandler were fired on, on the same day. Yeah, 1995, yeah. Lorne yeah. Michaels partly, in part, said that he wanted the show to be a little bit more grown up. Uh, and they also started focusing on politics more once mm -hmm. they got rid of Sandler and Farley. Isn't that funny? Two iconic guys on SNL and then in the movies. I mean, come on. Yeah, you know? but, but let's I, face I remember... it, they're not playing mature characters. I mean, well, I get it. <laughs> but I remember recently... Uh, Adam Sandler was promoting a movie and they brought that up. It was on Ellen or something that he got fired from yep. SNL. And he says, yeah, it's, it's funny how things work out. He says, I went home. He says, I was in a fog. And he was like, Ugh, what do I do now? And you know, now he's one of the yep. biggest box office. Well, he, wasn't it a long time before he went back to SNL and guest hosted? It was a while, I think. I believe so. Yeah. He yeah. Was yeah there was some bad blood yeah. there. Uh, and number five, producers once discussed a live-action Beavis and Butthead movie featuring Farley and Spade. No, that's BS. Yes. Farley would have played Butthead, Spade would have been Beavis, and the idea got scrapped pretty early on. Mike Judge, who's the creator and the voice of the characters, ended up going on to make the movie Beavis and Butthead do America instead. But I could see it. Those two. I mean, Farley doesn't really look like Butthead, but Spade looks like eh, Beavis. A little I bit of makeup. I guess you'd be surprised. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of makeup, a wig. Sure, and, uh, sure. They'd be oh, good that's to go. funny. That's really funny. Yeah, they would so. be good to go. So what else? You got anything? <laughs> no, I don't. What do you got? All right. Well, let's just do bad decisions. Then. Here we go. Well, actually, okay. no, I wanted to ask you a question. At what point in your life, at what age, what point? I mean, we don't have to talk about specific ages, but kind of a realm. Do you stop caring about zits and pimples? Oh, uh, like, do you care about them at your age? No, no. Because I, cause I got one here. What, where is it? I got one here. It's right here. Do you see it? Look at it. I see it. Look at me. I, Look. I'm, I'm looking. Look at that. Yeah, now, do I you see, see do you see this stuff here? Right. Yeah. I, I, I cared so much about it. I put a Band-Aid over it so people wouldn't see it. But the genius that I am, I forgot I had the Band-Aid on. So when a whole night sleeping 
and now I can't get the remnants of the Band-Aid off. So now not only do you have this third eye down here, but you got the remnants of the Band-Aid around. Rubbing, rubbing alcohol, a little bit on a Q-tip, rubbing alcohol. What about just regular alcohol? Can I just use like tequila? What do you mean, like Jack Daniels? Yeah, if he's not busy, I mean, I can get Jose Cuervo to do it. I don't know, whoever. But I mean, I just shouldn't care, right? I mean, it's just like... Mike, not for anything, but who's looking at you? All right. Okay. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right, sing the song. Let's do it. Ready? Yeah. Bad decisions, bad decisions. Mike Bellamy is here for you and me. All right, this is very fitting because we were talking about snow removal, okay? And there's nothing more frustrating than living on a street that it seems like the city or municipality forgot about you and you had maybe a foot of snow and you haven't been able to get out of your street. We saw this all the time working in the job that we did, and we understand how frustrating that is. Some people just get the luck of the draw. You live on a snow emergency route or the mayor lives on your street or whatever, and you get plowed out early. But it can be very frustrating. How far would you go, and this is rhetorical, but how far would you go to get your street cleared? And we know that after a couple of days, people get really antsy and they, they'll do whatever it takes. Well, Europe has had a very busy winter. Lots of snow. Saturday, a guy in the Ukraine, you say Ukraine weak, was angry that his road had not yet been plowed. So what did he decide to do? He called in a fake murder. That'll do it. I mean, it's sheer genius when you think about it. Sheer. He called the cops and said he stabbed his mom's boyfriend in the chest and wanted to turn himself in. But the road hadn't been plowed, and somebody would have to come out and clear the road in order to get to this guy. They ended up getting there in an SUV and didn't bring a plow, so it really didn't work. So his, his, his thought process was fake, call in a fake murder. They can't get to the house. They need to get to him, so they're going to send a plow through. Then they're going to come get him. But instead, they just had an SUV that just drove over the snow and got him and arrested him. Now, it turned out the guy's road had actually been plowed earlier that day, but he didn't think it was good enough. (laughs) Now, it doesn't sound like he's actually going to get any jail time, and his fine is five bucks. He got fined five dollars for calling in a fake murder. Could you imagine that in Fairfield? I mean, could you imagine something like that? Forget about it. Forget about it. So he was upset that the road wasn't plowed good enough. So his thought was, he'll call in a fake murder, they'll plow the street to get to him, take him in handcuffs, and he's the hero of the street because he got everything plowed. What an idiot. Sheer genius. Sheer genius. I mean, where was this guy, you know? Sheer genius. All right. So, you know, we were talking about baseball probabilities. Hundred, you know, 100% chance the Orioles will not win the World Series. What's the chance we're going to do a show next week? Oh, uh, 100%. Of course 100, we're, we're do doing it. it? We're doing it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're not well, losing I mean, any steam or anything like that? No, 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 no. We're not losing any steam. Tony, how does it make you feel when somebody tells you that you've lost steam? 
I get uh, I get angry. You know, uh, I don't want to be told that. You know, but it's like um, it, it, it's like a you know you're talking about baseball. It's like a pitcher saying you know telling him that he's running out of steam. You know what yeah, I'm saying? How does that pitcher react? How does that pitcher react? Exactly. Yeah. So are we going to go sit on the bench? We're going to go put our sneakers on, take our cleats off, or are we going to go throw the next pitch at the guy? We're going to throw the next. We're going to throw the next pitch. Yeah. All right. Next week. All right. So, sixty-five percent chance of a show next week, at least. Um, what's the word of the week? French toast. Do you have a secret recipe? Um, no, we were just talking about it the other day. I mean, we haven't had it in a long, long time. You know, but uh, do you leave the bread out overnight? Do I leave it out overnight? Yeah, to harden it. Oh, I know. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I know it hardens, but I didn't know that that was a secret. Well, that it helps with French toast. Really? Okay. And it is worth getting the Texas toast for French toast. Oh, the nothing thick. like Texas toast. Yeah. But the, French toast. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So what is that? Just egg and vanilla? Isn't that all it is? Egg and uh, the, the bread. And I guess you could screw around with, with vanilla. And, and, I mean, according Some to people do cinnamon, I know, and all yeah, that. Kind of garbage. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so French toast is the word this week. So write that in your comments, uh, and uh, we're good to go. Facebook, right. YouTube, Spotify. Tony, you know, is always telling all of his friends all the different always. people. Always, right on top of it. Uh, every single week. All right, all right. that's going to do it. See you, Tom. Talk to you next week. Oh, oh.